Welcome to Screaming Queens. I'm Johnny Larkin, coming to you from a remote outpost in COVID-torn Liverpool. These are strange, scary and bloody boring times we're living in. It's like a zombie apocalypse without the excitement of the actual zombies. Luckily, we'll always have horror movies and always have podcasts. Screaming Queens are on hiatus at the moment and I'm missing seeing the evil little faces sat round my table in my red room. Lucky for you listeners, there was an extra show we didn't put out before Covid hit. Last year I was hatching a plan with our friends Chris Brown from Video Nasty's podcast and Andy Roberts from Nasty Pasty Podcast. We wanted to assemble Avengers-like and combine our love for all things sleazy, trashy and downright problematic to create a brand new show. I had the bright idea that it would be a spin-off show from Screaming Queens called Sleazy Queens and we do a handful of episodes looking at exploitation in all its forms that fell just outside the horror bracket. So finally we got our shit together last summer and pinned the date down and then typically Chris Brown couldn't make it for one reason or another but we said fuck it we're going to record anyway. So Andy joins us Screaming Queens to talk about the dubious rape revenge classic Savage Streets and that's what I have for you today. We didn't make it past our first episode but once this lockdown is lifted don't you worry we're going to make it happen. But for now, you can enjoy Sleazy Queen's taking on Savage Streets. It's a rape-revenge thriller from the 80s, so its themes and its handling of them isn't the most sensitive, and neither is ours. When you take on subject matter this awful, then you've just got to laugh at it, and it's our way of dealing with the darkness. And right now, we need more laughs than ever. So check your morals at the door and settle down for an hour of utter filth. Please stay safe, and we'll be back as soon as lockdown is lifted. Lots of love, Screaming Queen's. What do you want? Screaming Queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jockstraps? It is time to keep your appointment with the wicker man. It rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. But you need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch! It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! The devil wins sometimes. What's that like to live deliciously? They're here. They're all gonna laugh at you! To a new world of gods and monsters. The very first of our special new podcast, and there's a there's a chance that one of the podcasters might vomit on the other. Just so, just so you know, I think that's actually setting the setting the <laughs> for the rest of the show. Um, we're not doing curricular. We're not doing curricular. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cakes anyone? Mm. Well, hello there, you dirty bastards. Picture it, a local flea pit cinema on a wet, stinking Wednesday afternoon. The tickets are cheap, the floors are sticky, there's a man in the next row having a sly wank and that's just to the trailers. That's Martin. <laughs> the place smells of stale popcorn, lunchtime whiskey and scrotum. 
Suddenly, the darkness is lit by the steely blue emblem on the screen as two halves of a hexagon slam together and the word cannon gleams before your eyes. A new world is unfolding, one of exploding heads, bouncing tits, glistening macho muscle-bound men in headbands and tank tops, chicks on the rampage, rape and revenge, exotic strips with far-flung floozies, Vietnam vets trolling 47th Street admissions to Maine, strippers with scores to settle, nihilistic nuns, snivelling pedos about to get their just desserts, oh, and some devastatingly kitchen interiors. Get lubed up, you're about to be exploited. Whether it's blaxploitation, nonsploitation, Nazis, cannibals or cops, the B-movie continual living room into the filthiest grindhouse cinema this side of the deuce. And in this series, we're casting a queer eye over questionable content. Four homos and a token hetero are going to lead you by the hand, your free hand, and take you to the wrong side of the tracks. Leave your models at the door, take your finger off the trigger warning, we're going on a problematic prance through cell block slut. <laughs> Come on in, honey, we don't bite. We are sleazy queens. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Mark Infinity. Stephen Moore. Uh, Jonathan Butler. And who are you? And I'm Andy Roberts. What are you doing here? <laughs> I got invited somehow. That's true. <laughs> um, so you're... Uh, I'm, our regular Screaming Queens listeners will know what we do. We talk about horror, um, camp of the better, the trashier the better, um, and we like to take a sort of put it all through a bit of a queer lens. But one of our other loves is the video nasty, the sleazy exploitation B movie. The, again, the trashier the better, and the only other queer podcast that we know of who loves that shit as much as we do is. Nasty Pasty Podcast. Yes. Which is why we thought we would join forces with uh-huh. this young man to my left, Andy <laughs> Roberts, who has infiltrated our red room and is uh, sitting around the table with us as we speak. Yes. Um, so welcome, Andy. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, how do you feel to be here? Strange. <laughs> <laughs> then usually, our job's done. Usually you guys are just disembodied voices in my ear. <laughs> so it's, it's weird to be... In the behind the scenes, are we normally like things. Linda Blair's voice in that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, echoey in the yeah, chamber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's got the same cackle as Linda Blair? That one was for I suppose it's Oh, I don't know. I'd probably <laughs> have to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we thought we'd all get together and just just watch some horrible, dirty movies that are sort of mor- <laughs> morally reprehensible in every mm, way. For a change. Um, for a change. <laughs> um, but, what, yeah, what we, we just didn't want to stick to horror. We wanted to sort of branch out and, and, and um, throw a few more, you know, rank recommendations your way. Mm. So we thought we would have a series where we don't even know how many we're going to do. We know the sorts of things that we want to watch, um, mainly things with lots of, you know, tits, bad guys... Rape revenge, cannibals, you name it. <laughs> you name it. If it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and shifting your seat, then we're probably going to cover it. Um, the trashier the better, as I said. So, the first one that we thought that we would cover is from 1984, and it's a wonderful little piece of cinema called Savage Streets. Is Stephen about to puke? No, it's just moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> You put them on the leather seat and he's wearing leather pants. It's probably uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. The noisiest combination. Vegan leather. Sorry, <laughs> vegan leather. Vegan leather. Imagine from a vegan town. The boots. <laughs> <laughs> the boots are real leather, but we were talking. 
Did you buy them before you were vegan? Well, that doesn't count yeah. then. Yeah. Sounds problematic to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen had a bit of a late night last night, mm. uh, and he's on the Guinness. Yes. Your hand's shaking. I know. I, say, I do feel like shit. <laughs> oh, oh, you poor thing. Um, yeah, I'm true back. Is that down to the booze or down to the other thing that you concussion. told us happened? Yeah, that concussion as well. Like I dropped on my head in the middle of a dance floor. And then just lied there and just stayed on the floor. <laughs> wow. I was too embarrassed wow. to get up. I hope nobody noticed. Yeah, so down just, people just walk on top of me and no one will see. <laughs> Hopefully if I just die, I won't have to explain this to yeah. anyone. <laughs> I always thought Madonna should have done that at the Brits when she got dragged off the yeah. stage. Yeah. She should have just laid there and pretended nobody, nobody was there. Nobody <laughs> see Keep your eyes closed and they'll go away. Um, so yeah, um, Sleazy Queens are taking on uh, Savage Streets, which is from 1984. And it was directed by a charming, charming director called Danny Steinman, who um, he... Horror fans will also know him from... Uh, he directed the notorious Friday the 13th Part 5. A new beginning. A new beginning. And I say notorious because it's sort of an ob- oddity in the series, isn't it? It's one that I think people dislike the most, or at least they try to dislike it the most. Yeah. I don't feel it's that bad. I mean, there's, I think there's certainly worse, but people hated on it massively. Yeah. Is that the one with the, the map says you're fucked? Is it that one? No, that's Nightmare on Elm Street, isn't it? Freddy's Dead. That's Freddy's Dead. Oh, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> Friday the 13th. Oh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Oh, I get you. Know. It's the one where it's after the final chapter, which is yeah. part four. Yeah. And they brought him back, but they didn't. Yeah. Like, it's, so it's, people it's switch like out it. on us. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's the one where it's not Jason. It's some yeah. random father. But it's also got like a hot male lead as well, hasn't it? As far as I can recall, there's a lad who's always topless. Is it Tommy? Is it Tommy Jones? Tommy, yes. Yeah. And it's a shame they didn't bring him back for the sequel, really. Yeah. They changed him again, but yeah. Yeah. The one where he's kind of, like, mute and doesn't do much. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't believe it, we're already talking about horror. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. I did think when you were doing your intro of the types of film, describing the types of films, we are watching everything out. What's changing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we sort of do, we sort of talk about those films anyway. Like the Nazis, the nuns. There's a blade boundary. Yeah, definitely. yeah. But I think um, I think whenever we've discussed stuff in the past, we've, and mainly showgirls. Yeah. Whenever we've said, oh, we need to do showgirls, and I've always said, oh, it's not really horror. Let's do a special on showgirls. And then I just thought of all the stuff that we that we want to do that isn't horror. Yeah. Like the, I'd like to do more like the Emmanuel films and mm. stuff like that. Mm. They're just not horror. So we got away with it with Emmanuel and the Last Candles, mm. didn't we? Because that was yeah. a sort of. A, Crossover, get your leg over. Um, you know, Malabimba as well. That yeah. has a, a stretch. Super, <laughs> super supernatural. I remember that scene with the stretch. Um, that was like supernatural. So it was, yeah. So it's kind of trying to take the stuff that we love anyway, but opening it up. Mm. Yeah, so to mm. speak. Um, so yeah, speaking of opening it up, back to Danny Steinman. So he <laughs> starts out in porn. He was he made porn movies in the seventies. You can tell. Okay. <laughs> can't tell. Oh, it's no great yes. shock, is it? Um, and he, so he got the sort of bug for directing when he was making porn, thinking, oh, I can do other things as well. So he, he, he sort of went off and did like a, 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 you know, a great departure from porn when he made things like <laughs> Savage Street. Um, so Savage Street also stars a horror icon, Linda Blair, who after sort of um, being nominated for an Academy Award for The Exorcist, winning a Golden Globe for The Exorcist as a child actress, she sort of 
went down a very different route after that. Um, Exorcist 2, <laughs> which yeah. is awful. Um, but then she went down a more sort of exploitation kind of path. And one of her other films, Chained Heat, is something that I think we should cover as a women in prison flick. I like the title um, anyway. Yeah. Chained Heat and its sequel, Red Heat, which is the same thing, but set in Russia. She was in, um, there's one called uh, Savage Island, which right. is, it's basically a re-edit of two Spanish women in prison films. Right. And oh, they wow. filmed extra scenes just with Linda Blair to bookend it at the beginning <sighs> and at the end. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she was exploited even in her own field. Sounds like something Godfrey Howard do. Yeah, I think she sent them like an official, like, please don't use my image to sell this film, and yeah. they just ignored everything she said. <laughs> So she, yeah, I mean, she, she, has a, she has a strange career. Yeah. I can't quite understand how the kid who almost won an Oscar went on to then become big-breasted lead in exploitation films in the 80s. And, you know, it's, it's, I can't quite piece those two things together. But yeah. she seems quite happy. She seems to have fun she does in these roles. Yeah. So. She's also sadly won quite a lot of Golden Raspberry Awards. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think that applies to this film. I think she's quite good. But that's what she won the Golden Raspberry Award for, wasn't it? This Unchained Heat and the third one, all the same year, wasn't it? And Chained Heat, she's alright in that as well. Right. So I don't, yeah. Anyway. I just think that the Raspberry Awards are just stupid, like the films that you tend to choose, like half the time, they're like, that's a good fucking film. Like, shut up. I know. Would you want to win an Oscar nowadays? No. <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, the, a good idea for the rest of this podcast, for the rest of the series, is to go through the Golden Raspberry list. <laughs> just pick out the films we're wow. going to cover through that. I think Showgirls is on. Showgirls is definitely on there. Showgirls is the queen of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to Showgirls, 1984, Savage Streets. Savage Streets is, I think it's the film that, did you introduce me to it, Jonathan? I think so. It was when we used to go to the film quiz, wasn't it? The fact where I used to go with Jenny. Yeah. And then we met just through that, didn't we? Yeah. And I, re- I recommended this to you. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is you know that was my foot in the door. It my was foot in the gate door. If you yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> foot in the back door. Like, uh, um, yeah, one, so one of one of the first experiences I had with Jonathan Butler, which made me made me want him to be part of our original Scream Queens podcast, was that he told me to watch Savage Streets, and I just thought, okay, oh, yeah, he's, he's he's one of the gang. Um, so Savage Streets for me is uh, the epitome of the sort of. Uh, Gutter level rape revenge exploitation movie of the eighties. It um, so the plot is essentially there's a girl gang and a boy gang, but you don't you don't actually get that very very explicitly from the film that the two rival gangs. Mm, no, you don't get that, do you? Because when someone describes the plot of this film, you think it's going to be a bit like West Side Story or something. You got the sharks and the scars. Mm. I'm sure. Satans. Are they the Satan? It says on the jacket. On the jacket, it's the Satan. I thought it said shark. It says Satan. Aye, so that's Satins. I thought oh, the Satins. Satins. Ah. Such a crap name for a gang. Well, it, 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 it would make a lot more sense than the Satins because they don't do anything even slightly yeah. satanic yeah. No, in this. No. <laughs> what were you going to say? So it's a bit like Greece. Yeah, there's more Greece. Well, like, and like, Satins would fit mm. more for a girl gang in Greece. Yeah, so the Satins are a bit like. The pink ladies on crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're out for a walk one night down Hollywood Boulevard at 2am. And um, a, a gang, the boy gang, the sharks, drive past and the wolf whistling them and all this sort of stuff. And they almost run over one of the gang. So Brenda is the leader of the Satins. We'll call them the Satins. Yeah. is um, the leader of the Satins and her deaf mute sister, Heather, falls under the wheels of the car, of the sharks. And they almost run her over. So it, it ignites a, 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 you know, a fight, an argument, a feud. And then to get revenge on them, the girls decide to rob the shark's car and take it for a spin. And then trash it with garbage. So the sharks think, I know what we'll do for revenge. We will beat and rape <laughs> the, the deaf mute sister of the leader of the gang. That'll teach them. No, that'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll learn them. Know your place with them. That's a proportionate response. <laughs> Things spiral from there. Things spiral from there. And then one of the gang, one of the Satins, Francine, gets into a, a fight with the Sharks at the local club, the MX Club, which made me think of the Madame X Club. Don't yeah. know. Um, and in retaliation, the Sharks then murder Francine. And it all spirals and spirals and spirals. Brenda is pissed off. So she, she decides to get a bath and have a ciggy, um, <laughs> put on a jumpsuit, get extra high revenge hair, and go and bump them all off one by one. And that is essentially the plot of the film. Yeah. Goodbye. Oh, I'm sorry about your sister, Brenda. The police are doing everything they can. But she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Charlene, I, I love her so much. What am I gonna do if Heather dies? We'll meet you guys at the top. You're not gonna hurt her, right, Jake? Isn't that what I said? Now don't Jake! Brenda, you can't take the whole world on by yourself. You don't know anything. It wasn't my fault. Hey, what is it? Wait a minute, man. I don't like it. Something's weird. What's the matter, boy? Lose your nerve? What a shame. 
of the film so we just watched it before we started recording the podcast so Stephen's your first viewing of the film ever isn't it yeah what was your uh, what was your initial reaction to it it's been of um, it's great it's just fantastic it's like the choices of everything on every level are weird <laughs> and strange and I don't get anything about it I don't know why they chose to do what they chose to do but I applaud it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What about you, Andrew? Um, Do you prefer Andrew or Andy? Andy. Well, only my mother calls me Andrew. When I'm, or me boyfriend when I'm in trouble. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in deep trouble now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked. I really like it. I've, this is only my second time watching it. It's been okay. a while since I've seen it, but when you watch it, everything just floods back in <laughs> for near instantly, and you just start laughing before something's about to happen because you just know what's going to happen it's very trashy very sleazy <laughs> but it's so much fun and I don't yeah, understand how you you, know, you can't take this film seriously in any iota it's so so silly yeah. and so much fun yeah Jonathan yeah I think I'll just echo I'll echo that it's just it's just so much fun it's just pure trash <laughs> Martin um, fun ridiculous incredible 80s um Gang-related fashion. <laughs> <laughs> fashion is um, the first image that you get of the gang because the film opens with like the, uh, one of the boys, Vince, is uh, being sort of sucked into the, the sharks gang, isn't he? And a Tim being told off for his dad he's in school tomorrow, despite him looking like he's twenty-eight. Yeah, um, but be that's home, not be home by eleven. Yeah, but that's not really the start of the film. The start of the film is the girl gang walking past the Pussycat Theatre, yeah. mm. which apparently was one of the first places that Danny Simon's porno high-rise was screened in Hollywood. Ah. They walked past that theatre. Um, and you get your first glimpse of these get girls. Women. It's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be like 17? What does 16? meant to be 17 or yeah. they're meant to be in high school, but there's no one who's younger than 24. No. And there's some not. who may be as old as 35. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It is really bad. The whole cast. Yeah. <laughs> so the girls are Brenda, who's the leader, and then you've got Francine, who's her plucky friend who is about to get married and go buy a farm, because that's what 17 year olds want to do. Uh, Stevie and Stella. Um, Stevie is uh, the one who's always on her headphones. Walkman, isn't it? Walkman. Walkman. Mm-hmm. Wow, a Walkman. <clears throat> um, Stella is the black chick who is wears a lot of leopard print. Uh, 
Which obviously, you <laughs> obviously. Know, obviously. Um, but she's fabulous as well. And then there's um, Maria, who's the Latina chick who... Um, this only pisses us off all the time. Yeah. Well, we thought that, but I realised... It only happens twice. Yeah. Both. One is Maria and one's Francine. Don't well, you yeah. said she soaked her socks. That's yeah. fancy. So, yes, <laughs> like she hasn't gone to the toilet yet. So somehow managed to saturate her socks. Maybe she's just really excited. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe she was turned on by all the rape. <laughs> yes. Let's not forget the piss. Yes. <laughs> Maria, who's the Latina girl whose mum owns a bridal boutique downtown, which, mm. you know, you can tell I've watched this film quite a few times and now know who's <laughs> But there is still one of the gang who I just don't know what her name is or anything. And she seems to pop up at random. She's not there the whole time. Yeah, this is the issue, you see. Yeah, it's very, very, it's not exactly clear. And I think even then, their names are only mentioned maybe once throughout yeah. the whole production, yeah. except for maybe Francine. Yeah, but IMDb is your friend. <laughs> um, so we're introduced to them. Um, I, I watched them thinking I want to be in that gang yeah yeah. when they're walking down the streets and they're just having the banter and walking along and laughing and half skipping at times yeah. you just think yeah I want to be in that gang I want to, I want to shoplift clothes with you <laughs> <laughs> jewellery and have fun of a Friday night and look at peep shows and look at yeah. Playgirl with uh, Kurt Russell on the cover yeah Kurt Russell Look at the schlong on him. <laughs> <laughs> and flirty with the idea of peach brandy. Peach brandy. Yeah. That yeah. pops up quite a few times in the, the film. They're, they're all drinking it. Even the, the scars are yeah. drinking it. Do you think it was the thing in 1984? I think I maybe some sort of uh, sponsorship. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, it's hardly J&B, is it? Yeah. J&B whiskey. That's, no, that's very true. That's very true. Uh, we're introduced to them. So you want to be part of that gang. The boy gang, I'm not so sure about. They're a bit like... Mm. Yeah. It's harder to imagine that they're a boy gang. A boy gang. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One of them who wears the waistcoat, I wonder whether actually he's like a brushing 40 <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. One, one was older. Yeah, Jake looks a lot older, I yeah. think. He looks like ancient. Because when he was in school, I was like, D- is he going to be a student at this school? He should have left about 20 years ago. Just keeps failing classes. So they're not, they're not <laughs> in school, are they? So they keep no, hanging no, around no. in school because they're dope dealers. But Joey Vince, um, yeah. Vince is Vince, actually still in school. Isn't Vince he? is the schoolboy. Um, so <laughs> Jake, Fargo, and Red are the, the dope, the nasty dope dealers who mm. are sort of trying to sort of lure him in. Um, much to the chagrin of the principal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the principal. Do we ever find? We don't ever find his name. Up, do we? we just call him the principal? Just, just, just the, the principal. The principal. I think. Yeah. But John Vernon. I mean, yeah, John Vernon. According to Wikipedia, his it's John Vernon. His name is Underwood. Principal Underwood. Principal Underwood. Mm. So John Vernon is famous in exploitation circles as well, isn't he? Yeah. What else has he been in? He was in the slasher film from 1983, Curtains. Right. And he was also in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, was he? (laughs) Yeah, he was the hateful sheriff who hates every kid in the film for no reason. Right. He seems to be very hateful in most of his roles, yeah. to be honest. He's very sort of stern in this, isn't he? He's like the bad guy. He's a bit like Charles Bronson in Death Wish, isn't he? That's like <laughs> the kind of character he, he sort of... Uh, he's got some <laughs> cracking lines. Yeah. Some of his lines are amazing. Some of the most famous lines in this <clears throat> film are uttered by him. Go fuck an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Because he's got the clap, isn't it? So it'll be better. So 
So that's why he says go for it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 Makes sense. I, I didn't even link that yeah. up. Another report from Jonathan, but like. No, because he says, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not feeling well, but. He says, "Why are you late?" He says, "Cause I'm sick." And he went, yeah, that's right. He's got the clap. Yeah, go for a nice, nice bit. bit. Ah, see, it makes sense now. It just seems so out of context. Wow, I'd say makes sense is still a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but arguably, his best line is, you know, get your faggot asses out of here while <laughs> feeding to the cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what sort of line is that? It's just yeah. Someone imagine someone in education saying that to you. <laughs> 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 Imagine someone just in any context <laughs> trying to say that in a serious way. Yeah. Not yeah. going to get a good Ofsted report from this guy. <laughs> yeah. There's so much about the world that this film exists in that just leaves me scratching my head. First of all, the girls are they're written like they are in the 30s. <clears throat> they look like they're in the 30s. Um, it's just the whole, like... So when the film first starts, it's sort of trying to tell you that Brenda's the leader. She's very protective of her sister Heather. It's quite cold, quite a cold night as well. It's quite, it's quite a cold night. Quite to Brenda's spandex, it's cold. Yeah. Um, so anytime somebody tries to have any kind of joke with Heather, the sister, Brenda's like, "Not in front of Heather." <laughs> like a stark contrast to every other yeah. attitude that she has. Um, she treats Heather like she's a three-year-old. Yeah. She talks to her really loud and really slow. <laughs> and it's like, oh, singy-songy with her all the time. It's almost like they want you to believe Heather is this pure innocence that something awful might happen to. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought it? I know, I know. So, yeah, there's the, <clears throat> the whole, this weird, strange world. There's a great bit of exposition at the beginning of the, beginning of the film where they're trying to set up like what kind of character Brenda is, what her life's like, and, so, and she just mentions about. Uh, I know the line. <laughs> about her mum working two jobs to pay for our old man's funeral. <laughs> that inconsiderate bastard. Yeah. Dying. It's just unbelievable. Oh, dear me. So, um, I did think the girls were like Pat Benatar video on a budget. Yeah. Linda Blair in one of the interviews that's on one of the Blu-rays I've seen um, she mentions that a lot of the, the fashions were influenced by 80s Madonna yeah well. so, so it, I did think this is like contemporaneous with this we see from Susan but yeah. couldn't be more different <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true there's lots of like crucifix earrings there's lots yeah. of bandanas there's lots of lace and spandex and yeah. all that sort of there's stuff there's a razor blade too isn't there the there's razor blade, blade here yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I love that so I loved Jake's reaction to the garbage in the car screams <laughs> 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 screams into the night in fact it's like really guttural bristling like you can't keep still kind of raw yeah <laughs> the hilarious thing about about Heather well there's two hilarious things about Heather <laughs> is that being a deaf mute she well she can't make any sound at all. And yet people aren't even talking to her face. And yet she can strangely understand what people are saying. Yeah, she likes to nod a lot, yeah. She nods a lot and knows. And also when she does get knocked over by the car, she sort of falls off the curb three feet before the car, actually. Probably <laughs> five feet before the car, actually. Reaches out of and the key car actually reaches the leather. <laughs> I, I, I heard you giggle so much. I was like, she just fell over. <laughs> the in stitches. It's like one of those scenes where people punch, but like they're you know, four feet away. 
<laughs> so Heather has played by Linnea Quigley, who is also a bit of an 80s horror icon, isn't she? So she went on straight after this to... She was in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, isn't she the girl who's impaled on the... Yeah, the yes, on the, the ambulance. ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. She's in Loads, isn't she? And she was in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. And she's isn't Return of the Living Dead where she's completely naked and dancing on a grave? Possibly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. that's her. She's been in so many, I can't quite keep track. Yeah. She was a real scream queen. Scream queen. She's time. known for her, her breasts as well. She's known yes. for getting the tits out a lot. In this film, <clears throat> her breasts are less ample. And um, if you get the Blu-ray, the Code Red Blu-ray, there's a, there's a commentary with the director, Danny Steinman. And I just have to say, it's one of the most troubling things. <laughs> and during the rape scene, when the camera's focused on her in pain on the floor, naked, he just says, when did she get a boob job again? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's looking at her tits and judging them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of tits, so after the opening in Hollywood Boulevard, we go straight to their school and we meet Cindy. Yeah, Cindy the school bitch who's a cheerleader with not much yeah. cheer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do we think of Cindy? <laughs> it's, it's hard not to like her for her being know, so yeah. outrageous, but yeah. yeah, constantly in a mood, <laughs> like with everything and everyone. She's always in a bad mood, isn't I she? I think Brenda says it best, doesn't she? She calls her a stuck-up cunt. <laughs> stuck-up cunt. In that scene, by the way, I found it very conscientious that all the extras were showering separate from the main cast. Yeah, Just definitely. to make it, make it obvious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how nice of them to yeah. shower separately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before they get to the showers, there's a great like um, aerobic sort of workout session with the PE teachers, and there where nobody's doing any work. No. no, but in fairness, the cheerleaders are barely coordinated when no. they doing their routines either and then she sends them off to the shower even though they're bone dry yeah. they're done nothing. <laughs> not done anything. that was the same amount of effort that I put in in PE that was like yeah that was totally me yeah, yeah. and Stevie's got her headphones on and the, t- the teacher's screaming at her and that was totally me as well mm-hmm. um, I loved uh, the cheer our backs are breaking our skirts too tight our hips are shaking from left to <laughs> to the left to the right <laughs> And I've just had, uh, the way I did that actually had more energy than what we were There was more passion and conviction in your delivery than any cheerleader in that film. Because I'm auditioning for the cheers. <laughs> Me and Cindy on the cheer squad. So whilst they're cheering, um, the naughty drug dealers are hanging around and they're looking for revenge. And then um, they see Heather going into the sports hall, don't they? So mm. Heather's coming to meet Brenda from school, isn't she? We don't even know how, how old Heather's meant to be. Why no. is she not in school? Is it because she's deaf? Yeah, I think so. They make such like a big deal about the fact that she's deaf, and they keep talking about how she's got like disabled people in her family and stuff. And it's like she's just deaf. Yeah. Like, do you want to calm down? Yeah. <laughs> but they do all talk about like she's a bit special, though, don't they? Yeah, it's like I don't think she is. She was normal, but from the fact that she just couldn't, she couldn't speak, speak or hear. Like, it's yeah. an exaggeration. And the bit that wasn't normal was the innocent innocence, and I think, well, you've been confined. Confined and constricted in your life by bloody Brenda for yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Would you don't know anything? Yeah. She should have gave her some peach snaps and she'd be okay. She should. Yeah. She would have been able to defend herself. Is Brenda the real villain? Yeah. yeah. That's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Brenda's fault. I can see there's many layers to this movie. Yes, yes. well, yeah, we're going to peel them away one by one. Um, so, whilst Heather is waiting for Brenda in the sports hall, um, Brenda then gets into a 
cat fights, isn't it? Really crap. Really crap fights. Kind yeah. of half-arsed cat fights. Yeah, yeah. There's two naked women in the background who are going at it way more passionate yeah, than... Yeah. Yeah. But nobody watches them because they're not the main characters. No, which is strange really, because that one was more exciting to see. Yeah. The fight comes about because Cindy is jealous because Brenda um so Cindy's boyfriend fella, I can't even remember his name. Oh. Is it Wayne or Wes Wes or Wes. 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 That's it. So Wes has been eyeing Brenda up in the in yeah. the sports hall. So they get into an argument and Cindy's like, you know, I know what you've been trying to do. Not so fast, you little whore. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brenda calls her a dumb cunt. Stupid, stupid stuck-up cunt. Stupid stuck-up cunt. And then she says, um, where's that faggot? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, um, I wouldn't fuck him if he had, if he had the last dick on it. <laughs> so then the cat fight explodes. Um, lots of fighting wow. showers. It's, wow. well, it's not really a fight. It's not really an explosion. But there are showers. <laughs> it's like a fart emission. Yeah. It just kind of starts yeah. really limply. <laughs> like they're just messing around they hardly the make any contact. They just chase each other yeah. around. They chase yeah. each other around yeah. the central like, shower bit. Yeah. So while this is going on, Heather's in the sports hall being Brenda. Because Brenda's being distracted by the cat fight, Heather is now being chatted up, we think, by Red, who's mm. a member of the gang, who is doing some dirty sign language, like doing the, the sign with your fin- one finger through a hole to, to mean sex. Mm-hmm. And um, Heather doesn't understand what that means. Because obviously, because she's deaf, she won't understand what that means. <laughs> yeah, no. um, she does manage to actually answer most of his questions, though, even though she can't hear him. Mm. And there's a great line where um, he, he asks if she's ever kissed a guy before, and she says, her father. I think that, was, that was a different level of talk, I thought. That was a different level, but it was that man he said, he doesn't count, he's fucking dead. See, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know why he's dead. The woman walking on something. And... Wow. No. So I didn't mean to go there. We're reading into this a lot more than even the high school teacher <laughs> yeah. of that poem. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was knowing about the abuse that made Brenda so overprotective of oh, yeah. Heather. Yeah. Oh. That's why the mother is always so quiet and demure flaky and fraught because of the guilt. Maybe. And she's stuck in that baby Brenda. doll kind of pre-age. Brenda had to kill her own dad. She was projecting she her was, feelings for that's her That's why she's such a good shot she with the crossbow. Yeah. 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 Oh. She was raping her. There's a whole prequel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we make films better. <laughs> My comment about layers is now justified. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for layers, we gave you Oh, layers. yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just one line. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, you started it now. So, whilst there, so we have this really weird juxtaposition of camp cat fight and slightly well, very disturbing gang rape yeah cut against each other Stephen had the best line when we were watching it and he just said very casually um, I can't even remember what I said he just said very <laughs> casually like offhand I mean, I've never understood the appeal of gang rape <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and just my moment what I meant is that I just think it's really weird like you just like when one person's raping, you just stand there and watch your mates like having sex. I just find that really uncomfortable. I think it's I get what you mean. Content. Knowing like movies from the eighties where like guys would have sex in front of their mates, and yeah. I'm just like, is that really doable in real life? Yeah. I mean, I think that's like quite a weird thing to well, do. It's it's strange. Well, footballers do it, don't they? Lots of footballers have done. Uh, well. Have gang raped slash had consensual multiple 
<laughs> slash <laughs> consensual. I've seen videos. Yeah. Mm. It must be I a particular kind of culture. I think though. gangrene I mean, does maybe a bit of a. God, we're getting too deep into this. It's maybe a bit of a. Nobody do it rather than the watching, there may be a bit of holding down. Yeah. There. Well, it's, yeah. That, it's that kind of toxic group energy, isn't it, where it's all about power and they're all sort of egging each other yeah. on. It's all like a shared experience because, I mean, like they cut it with like, they, they like kind of licking their lips and laughing. Yeah. And it's yeah. like kind of it's all feeding into the same thing. Toxic but... masculinity. Yes. And I suppose yeah. though, like, straight people wouldn't look at their friend who was naked having sex and be like... Well, they'd probably do. Whereas, like, yeah, yeah whereas if it was me and my friend, I'd probably be like, that's my friend's penis. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get suddenly shy about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, Vince does get kind of shy, doesn't he? Vince, like, he's, yeah. he's this stereotypical, conflicted arsehole. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it anyway, yeah, because yeah. it's there. It's this kind of initiation into the gang, isn't mm. it? Is yeah. To, is to, is to um, rape this poor girl. Just the thought of being like, oh, no, I'm next, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. Well, they, they even have like a sort of semi-argument that isn't really an argument of saying, like, Red is next. Yeah, Red and is next. When, Fargo's next. When Fargo tries to get in there, like, he just kisses Jake, yeah, like, kisses. in a really gay way. Yeah. He's in love with them. He's really in love with them. They have that kind of that you're like stereotypical gangs from the 70s who yeah. just do whatever they want without any consequences yeah. and they have this kind of machismo that goes so far that it just veers into homosexuality and this <laughs> these two are a perfect example of totally, it totally that moment I thought god this could just go off into a, into a gay porn Th- this, is yeah. a, yeah, this was the preamble to a gay sex scene really yeah. which leads me to my next revelation is that um, I, I really like Fargo's ass. <laughs> And it's a, you know what I mean? That's just one of those things. They cast, yeah, they cast someone really good looking and kind of fit in that role, which yeah. is a bit weird considering yeah. his character arc. That kind of happens a lot, though, with, the, with the, a lot of these yeah. films. Though. There's no, many a time. Well, that's it. <laughs> Whenever I've watched Exploitation films as Raping, there's always been at least one of them I've yeah. I'm, here, I'm here for escapism. I want to see a good look at Rapist. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Goldblum was the rapist oh, in Death Witch, yeah. wasn't he? Oh my god, yeah, that's yes. his first. That was his first his breakout first. role. Wow. <laughs> of course. And there's a great one called um, Ten to Midnight with Charles Bronson in, which isn't rape at serial killer, but he's naked the whole time and he's hot as fuck. Mm. And they're like, yeah, stab that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So anyway, uh, cut against, also cut against the rape, we then have a really weird moment where Brenda's been dragged to the principal's office with Cindy. Yeah. You commented as one of them if they've just been dragged out of the shower, but Brenda's like bone dry. Yeah, yeah. so when she's, when she's supposedly fighting, she's like, she's soaked to the skin. There's not a piece of clothing that isn't wet, and her hair's wet. And then she walks up to school and she's gone to see the principal and she's bone dry. And she had like a single, like, sleeveless blouse on. Like, it was really yeah. impossible yeah. for it to have, like, but not she, wet. she also has a costume change between here and the hospital and then changes back again but when yes, she stones yeah she does she does so there's a great line which sums up the attitudes of this film completely where the principal just can't understand why, why Brenda's always so troublesome because of the rapey dad and the murder mm. that's why you um, can't understand why she's so troublesome she's always getting into fights and he says to her you're a bright girl you've got a pretty face a good figure <laughs> The fact that he delivers it with such conviction and like it's perfectly normal. 
But the Ofsted ratings have gone even lower yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> to say that, for a principal to say to a teenage girl and that her looks are the only measure of her quality as a human being. He does tell Cindy to stop in crying school. and fuck off as well, doesn't he? In, in school? school. It's not like if you apply yourself, you could get a typing out level or yeah. something. <laughs> 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 Nothing, no. nothing. You might want to learn to read before you learn, leave school. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Just, you've got a good figure. You've got a good figure. You'll have a nice rich husband. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, she even casually dismisses it when she's out. She's like, that, that guy's been trying to get in my pants yes. since I was a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> what, how is this in any all, way more All the girls are like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't they just say I need the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I need to go to the toilet. Yes, yes. This is Maria who's desperate for a wee. Um, when the girls are uh, about to discover the rape of Heather, um, I feel like they look fabulous. <laughs> the girls as they walk from one place to the other. Um, anyway, um, and when they go look of Heather, they can't find her, and one of them is screaming for her. That's a good line. Shit, girl, what are you yelling for? Heather's deaf, you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> then they find Heather, and Maria comes running out screaming, Brenda, Brenda, Brenda! <laughs> Cut to... Doctor's Hospital. Doctor's Hospital. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Without an apostrophe. So it's yeah. like plural doctors. But you notice know, something in the background as oh, well. Oh, there's a restaurant called French Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so as, um, as he's driving around in the Jeep, like Stunning. Stunning. Oh, look, there's a restaurant in Liverpool called Chinese Restaurant. Is that? On uh, London Road. That's so lazy. <laughs> it's just called Chinese Restaurant. That's amazing. Doctor's hospital, Heather's in bed, mother is at her bedside crying, speaking very low so you can't hardly hear her, and she, she does the same later on, on the phone, mm-hmm. so when she finds out about Francine's death, you can't hear what she's saying. Um, but like, there's this moment where they're in the, where they're in the hospital, and the mum and um, Linda Blair, they're both like really acting, and mm. it's like really like a normal yeah. scene, with, with pathos in it, and heart, and you're like... This feels really strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost Italian, like the way that the tone shifts. Yeah. But it's not Italian. No. <laughs> it hasn't got that up going for it. What did you say about it? I just found that whenever they were trying to be serious, it was just so much more uncomfortable. Like, they're the insane. Like, I'd rather watch, like, the rape bit than them trying to be serious <laughs> after the rape. Yeah. It was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's almost as more jarring, is it, than the sexual yeah. violence, yeah. which shouldn't really happen. So Brenda goes home with a costume change. Yeah, it's because she's got a nice sombre black outfit when she's in the hospital. But when she gets back home, she's back to her white blouse. Yeah. And then off she goes to the MX club to meet the girls. Oh, she has a cry in, in Heather's room first. Oh, she, she does, yeah. She goes to Heather's room, looks at all the stuff, and then has a little cry. All the stuff that tells us that Heather's three as well. Yeah, <laughs> like, the ballet shoes and, and things and like that. The ballet shoes we forgot to mention. Oh, yeah, the, the ballet the, the natural grace and rhythm of Heather dancing <laughs> silently in the school yeah. gymnasium just before the, the rapes yeah. just before the rape although there's weird graffiti as well I think I spotted it there's someone wrote piss on the wall in the toilet oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, in like what? huge letters <laughs> well someone what wrote shotgun right next to the principal's <laughs> office it's like what and someone wrote on the boards in the sex education class vaggy not even vag or vagina vaggy very strange so MX Club is the world's least convincing club set, mm. which looks like a rehearsal space in a theatre or something. Yeah, those it's chairs. Awful. No club in the world has ever had chairs like that. <laughs> it's like a bad like function hall or something. And I like this scene because this is the first time we see the girls in a, in the gang colours, yeah. isn't it? They've all got the, the satin the actual pink. Satin 
right. But then who's the older woman there? She, she owns, is, she, is she the bar owner? Charlie. Yeah, she owns the club. Charlie. Okay. She, she, she even remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. Because Linda Blair keeps saying it over and over. Because yeah. doesn't she say, though, get, a, get, a, get another drink for all these girls and this one's on the house? And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> Free drinks for these underage kids? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But I like Charlene. I think she's got a face that tells a story. Mm. Mm. She looks like that. She'd she'd have you know. She's seen things. She's happy. She's been places. She'd have your back. She'd get you into a good click in jail. Um, she would cut a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but she would also be like really motherly and maternal. Yeah, I reckon she's the one that like she confided in about the whole father the and father race. Thing. That's why yeah. they're so close. That's why they're so close. Is the only person who knows the truth. Yes, that Brenda got killed it. her dad. Yeah, that's it. We got it. That's She's it. too maternal to yeah. have be any other reason. Yeah, there we go. And maybe she helped dispose of the body. She'll bury him. Uh, no, because he's no, because he's getting buried in the pain for the funeral. Oh yeah, actual the body. They switched up the body, they buried the real one, and then killed someone else and put on that body in the uh, They found a tramp who's overdosed outside. Thank you. Look like his dad. Ah, Look like his dad. Exactly. That's why they planted all that trash in that car. The evidence. They were going to blame it on the yeah. The DNA is all over Jake's car. Yeah. They shouldn't have been there. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's his excuse, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably the most insensitive. When they're talking about Brenda's thing. rape, yeah, she shouldn't have been there in the first place. <laughs> the boy that they bully called Fadden yeah I think he looks like he should be an 80s gay porn he looks like he should be on the cover of Hot Show magazine in the job shop not the boxer he, yeah the one who's selling dope but never has the money never has the money it's like that's about the room isn't it <laughs> that's a plot line in the yeah. room it, it's, it's literally it literally exists just so that they can grope that girl at the beginning yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and get her tits on on the, on the disturbing director's commentary where he talks about how great her tits are and then when um, Vince's face is shoved into the director goes lucky fucker <laughs> oh my god, god. Jesus. you need to listen to it it's awful oh. um, he mentions that there were subplots in the script that they cut out so the film was um, when when Linda Blair got the script it was a totally different film um, she doesn't really go into detail about it but the film was it was different and then um, the, through whatever reason the writer was fired and they brought Danny Steinman in last minute 
to direct it and gave him the script and said, can you rewrite this? And he rewrote it in a night, which explains a lot. I was going to say, you could have shocked. <laughs> were there too many layers in the original <laughs> And he said there was a whole subplot with Brenda and a boy at school, like a love story that he said, we didn't need that. <laughs> that went. A subplot with the cops, he said. He said that went. The cops, it must be the investigation into the dad's death. Mm. Um, there were various things he said I had to fire lots of people who had jobs on the film but we didn't need them anymore because the roles were gone so so things were cut from the film so he rewrote it that night and then turned up on set the next day with the new script and says I'm now your director wow for a film that was written in one night you know well amazing however, however Linda Blair says that it says at the beginning it says a John Strong production yeah she said he came on last minute because Actually, a few weeks into filming, they ran out of money. He sounds like he's involved in porn as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the financing dried up, so the film came to a halt because mm. they had all kinds of gangster money that didn't turn out, turn up or whatever. So they got money from investors who um, convinced Danny Simon to come back and carry on directing it. By, they gave him a house in Malibu, a fancy car and a big pay rise and said... So he was like, all right then, I'll come back. So he came back and they rewrote it as they went. And John Strong was one of the producers who came on board and Linda Blair says he is responsible for all of the funny lines. Mm. So go fuck an iceberg and all that. <laughs> she said that was John Strong who did it. <laughs> Get the hell back to class! Who the fuck is this asshole? Vince! What are you doing with these guys? He's sick, man. We're bringing them home. You sick, Vince? Yeah, man, he's got the clap. (laughs) Go fuck an iceberg. (laughs) I don't want to see any of you guys around my schoolyard. You or any of your scum. Oh, man, who the fuck are you? The principal? That's right. And as for you, Vince, you want to trash your life, go ahead. Do it on your own time, not mine. You hear that? Yes, sir. (laughs) Now, why don't you take your faggot asses out of here before I feed him to the cops? We have to commend him, really, for being a latecomer. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where that came from. Subplots about drug dealing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Well, yeah, they do sell dope, don't they? That's what they're yeah. supposed to do. Yeah. They're not doing petty, petty yeah. things. and Like gang rape. <laughs> gang rape. <laughs> <laughs> That's low stuff. <laughs> oh. Can we talk about the sex education class? Yeah. <laughs> that, te- that teacher was the guy in Friday the 13th part 5 oh okay he's the one who's sniffing coke off the dashboard and then gets like an axe in his head yeah. right yeah so I, rem- I just recognised him <laughs> he, just, he has the same disdainful look on his face <laughs> I love him it's like this film's full of these situations where there's people dancing in the background and it's clearly to a different song to what ended mm. up over the scene so yeah. you've got like you've got um I think it's Stella doing the mashed potato dance. Yeah. yeah. It's like a funky 80s beat, which yeah. doesn't go at all. It's that the club is the weirdest thing when they're having that conversation and they've mixed, the way they've mixed the music is so low. 
<laughs> that you can just literally hear the people shuffling, yeah. dancing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is that about? And there's a band on stage who you notice, John, didn't have the actual singer in the band, <laughs> so you, but you can hear a voice. They just edited it to just exclude the singer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice as well, one of the one of the dancers had the same like Linda Blair outfit from the opening she had the same off the shoulder blue thing oh, and I noticed because Francine slaps her ass as she goes to the toilet oh, okay. and it's like run out of it. they've literally just swapped the costumes <laughs> for that one scene oh. <laughs> that makes me like the film even more yeah and I love how Jake's so annoyed by getting scarred even though he doesn't have one and he's a member of the scars the scars yeah, yeah. Miss like, he's so annoyed at being given his namesake yeah you think he'd be like right box ticked yeah yeah. Um, well, it would just disappear for a bit and then come back later, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's missing in the scene where they're on the bleachers. And it changes length as well. So during the sex education class, I love the I love the bit where Cindy insinuates that she's proper and she's from conservative parents. She doesn't like being taught about sex in school. When yeah. she's <laughs> no, she's, not very chaste. She's quite happy to throw the slot word around. Yeah, yeah. She gets into another um, cat fight with Brenda and her top comes off uh, well it gets ripped off gets ripped off yeah. although there's a great line just before that but that's count on back where it belongs proud <laughs> 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 dancing with a skeleton yeah ballroom dancing again yeah. to like rock music yeah <laughs> and I love um, I love uh, where Cindy tells Brenda to know her place especially when she's got a retard in the family <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's some great scenes like this which don't really add anything to the film but yeah. if they weren't there you'd, you'd miss them you know what I mean well they're literally just there to show tits and girls yeah. fighting aren't they that's like the it. weird poetry it's like yeah. what's, why, why is this in the film yeah. it's just bizarre yeah the teacher overanalyzes the poem that Lam made up about giving head and she proper goes in she's it. really like this is so important yeah. Yeah. learn about sex and death for next week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the teacher I think she's really cool but she's clearly much younger than half the people in the class yeah. Yeah. I just call Miss Young as well Miss Young <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that um, so at, at the MX club they get into a fight only because the scars are um, fucking about the girls at this point still don't know that they are the ones who raped Poor Heather. Yeah. Um, so the scars are there fucking around and they try and manhandle Francine. Francine, is And after she gets passed around a little bit and acts like the damsel, which is really annoying, mm-hmm. she who's suddenly... Got no tits. Who's got no tits and looks like a boy. It's like fucking a boy, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. She then suddenly gets grows a pair and grabs a knife and slashes yeah. Jake across the face. Some, some guys, like... Joining them to say, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it takes ages for all the girls to notice that yeah. what's going on. It yeah. takes like five minutes before they see them. And the band don't stop playing at all. No. If they were on Titanic, they'd be going down with the ship. They really would. <laughs> well, there's a weird line where like Brenda's talking about like um, what to do about it, and Charlene's like, you know, you know who'll forgive us. It's like, I gave up on God when my father died. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but they're all wearing crucifixes, yeah. including yeah. you. <laughs> Well, that line has a whole new residence now. In residence, well, yes, it does. Yes. Yes. Um, so she slashes him across the face, so that means he needs to get revenge. So poor Francine is the next one to um, fall victim. Francine... Take flying lessons onto the concrete. <laughs> Francine goes to get a wedding dress. <laughs> it doesn't fit very well. Does it doesn't it? fit very well, but she goes to Maria's mum downtown and um, tries to dress on. 
And um, it's a little bit like in like a Rambo film or something, isn't it? When someone says, when somebody says to the lead, you know, uh, uh, you know, oh, this is my wife and kids. I've got so much to live yeah. for. Isn't this crazy? <laughs> and you just, um, that they're about to get shot. Yeah. Um, so Francine is, um, you know, ready to go and buy a farm. Ready to get married uh, at seventeen. At seventeen, she's she pregnant. Might be pregnant. Might be. We're not sure. She also only wants dogs and pigs on the farm. Yes, yeah. which is yeah. odd. Dogs and then maybe dogs a and horses. Isn't it? No dogs and horses. And then someone says, "What about pigs? What about pigs? Maybe pigs. maybe a baby pig." Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's got dreams. She's got a bright future. Um, she's got a, a fiance who's a poet. Yeah. Yes. Um, get out of this backwater town of she's LA gonna, she's going to get out of this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then um, the scars intervene and they chase her um, downtown onto one of the many bridges across LA which I tried to visit when I was in LA but they knocked it down probably because of this film pilgrims trying to see where she got through off <laughs> savage street pilgrims yeah. um, carrying a box containing yeah. a wagon <laughs> lying in a storm so like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Francine gets snobbled by um, Jake and the boys Jake goes too far, picks Francine up, and he's quite strong, isn't he's he? Just strong. like bench presses, yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> he does the full doffle and no. picks her up, and chucks her off the bridge, and she falls to her death. I was much more shocked by this. I was horrified. I loved, you were gobsmacked. <laughs> you, were silent. <laughs> you were silent for about five minutes. Like, whoa, you really didn't expect that. And then, <laughs> it took me completely out. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Fargo, the hot rapist, throws the veil down onto her dead body and mm. says, "Here comes the bride." All drenched in red. <laughs> Poetry, that. <laughs> uh, Vince is traumatised by this. Death, actually. Oh my god, was that actually a theme there? Oh god! Oh, god. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> Another layer. She was talking about love and death in the thing. She was the one who said it. And love and death. Sex and, yeah, what's the link between sex and death? So that's Suddenly takes on a whole new meaning. Does this mean this film isn't trash? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means it's good trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so um, Vince is horrified by this, and he he goes off, and in his in his grief and his guilt, he goes to the doctor's hospital <laughs> and finds Heather in bed, um, and despite her being a deaf and b comatose, <laughs> he pours his heart out to her about what happened. <laughs> and then Brenda comes in and overhears him. So she overhears somebody confessing the rape to a deaf, comatose person. Yeah. And they really thought that was a good device to have in the film. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely one of them like, how are we going to make it find out? Yeah. Let's sit around and like, yeah. brainstorm about this. <laughs> and uh, so... Mm. She attacks him, he runs off, he gets out of there, and then, but then Brenda's just had enough, she's like ready to explode. She remembers the good offer from the start of the film. There's a good offer at the start of the film. Tell us about it. Was it Sergeant, Sergeant Supplies or Supply Sergeant? The Supply, the supply sergeant. sergeant. The Supply Sergeant has a good offer just for the weekend on um, bear traps. They have a weekend offer on bear traps. <laughs> but you know yeah. what? And hunting crossbows as well. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to those. But there's nothing else in the window. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bear traps, thirty-seven dollars and forty-five cents. Can I just say I've been to Supply Sergeant on my pilgrimage. <laughs> it's, it is the same. It is that you can go in there and the guns are off the chart, but it's such a selection of knives. Yeah. If you need knives, go there. And and it's still called. Still called the Supply Sergeant. Supply Sergeant, same sign. Everything wow. Is the same. That's yeah. crazy. 
In fact, Hollywood Boulevard looks exactly the same now as it does in this film. Yeah, I remember mm. thinking Hollywood Boulevard was a bit sleazy. It's trashy, When yeah. I went there. Yeah. I think, isn't it like Marilyn Monroe's star is outside like a, a sex shop or something, Probably, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's quite grim. Yeah. LA is really interesting because if you go to any big city in, in America now and um, you want to go there to see what it was like from a film, everywhere's changed, but LA just hasn't. It's all, it all still looks the way it does in these films. Um, so, revenge. It's time for revenge. Starting with naked bath. Naked bath, although it's naked. Yeah. Bubbleless bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if she's got, you can see there's plenty of bubble bath on the shelf. She just hasn't used it. She's like, no. No, no, it's full tit and minge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, yeah. there isn't She's very demurely yeah, posed. It's quite with classic. One leg, one leg up and a hand sort of discreetly placed on a thigh. Apparently there are only four people on the set for that scene. That's why she agreed to I it. can't imagine with that pose she was actually that relaxed in her bath. I think just, just a ciggy. Really it? disturbed by the ciggy in a bath. Like a ciggy in a bath is <laughs> horrifying. I once tried to have a spliff in the bath thinking it would be like really no. cool to do it. And all I did was um, fell asleep nearly drowned. <laughs> <laughs> and woke up with like ash all over my body. The reality. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will know what we're talking about, and we're not going to explain. No, you have to go on Google Kenneth Williams cigarette toilet. Yeah, <laughs> even I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm guessing it's something to do with you. Yes, it's funny because it leads into one of those 80s montages. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> the ones that you really movie. love, yeah. Just the zip up of the cat suit. Oh, that's, that's good. I did appreciate the pants pull up with like the zips down the sides so you could see the heels that she was yeah. putting the pants on. I think you were still reeling from Francie, Zeph, and you suddenly sat up and woke up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I like this. <laughs> I love any kind of montage where someone gets dressed. It makes yeah. me very excited. Especially <laughs> dressed for revenge. Revenge yeah. for revenge. <laughs> it reminds me a bit of Nightmare Part 4, you oh. know, where she kind of gets all her powers and starts suiting that up. That's great. I love that scene. But I know if I was going to meet get revenge or go on a killing spree or something you know just I'm not that I'm considering it but if I'm going out I know that I will have an outfit ready and it will be fabulous <laughs> <laughs> and I'll make sure somebody's around to see me get dressed into it you got a nice studded leather belt to, to go with it yeah I, yeah I, I think you might have gasped a bit when you saw the belt <laughs> <laughs> Stephen is getting his life tiny orgasm <laughs> completely I love the I love the way the camera follows the zip up up here when she zips up the cassettes and you see the boobs pushed together yeah. pushed together it's just brilliant that's hot very hot um, so she goes round to see Vince to find out where the hell the gang are so she can kill them all but I love the fact the audacity of her turning up like that to the dad at the front door the and dad. saying we were working on school projects <laughs> yeah. when everything about her style and makeup is saying I'm on a mission for vengeance yeah. Just and I'm 27 yeah <laughs> Just ignore these crossbow bolts. <laughs> yeah. Ignore my quiver. Of yes. <laughs> I've got big revenge hair. Just, just let me in. It's fine. Yeah. She goes back to. So she goes find that. So this is where she finds out from Vince when he's terrified. There's that great shot where she's got him. Um, got the, the knife to his throat and mm. which looks really like kind of real looks painful doesn't it because like his neck gets red when it's yeah. pressed against yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was oh, that's not like that's not like a, an effect where there's like a tube of 
Yeah. 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 Fake blood. Yeah. I think that was to, like a regal knife. Yeah. Funny methods, isn't she, than to blood? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that later. <laughs> so she goes back to the supply sergeant, takes advantage of those deals. Yeah. Um, and then goes and searches out the boys. Fargo and Red are dropped off by Jake at their little hideout down in the fabric district. Yeah. They're clearly into each other. They're like kissing each other again and touching each other. Mm. And it's too hard to ignore. You know what I mean? It's just very in your face. And this is where he talks, he was like, I know, don't bitch about him behind his back. He will say to his face, I'm not going to take part in your bitching. Yeah. It's like, and, then, and then he smiles and he's like, come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just joking. Yeah, that's on my finger. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. Um, so then we have the campness of Jumpsuit Linda Blair. She's just like fabulous, isn't she, when she's in full revenge mode. Um, and she lures them into the, into the fabric Factory. Health and safety nightmare. Health and safety nightmare. Yeah. Fabric everywhere. Anyone's allowed to walk in. And there's only one ex- one entrance and one exit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Does nobody do a risk assessment? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they say they're gonna get they're gonna play a game of hide the salami and he says, I'm gonna hide the salami so far up you even Chris Columbus couldn't find her. <laughs> I mean this time she's done like a an eighties music video yeah. thing and just dissolved yeah. into an ethereal cackling. Yeah. <laughs> Which we wonder how that echoes all around the place. Because it's just filled with fabric and carpet. <laughs> <laughs> just like, the acoustics are really, really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then we have my favourite, probably my favourite line in the whole film is when um, he says he's going to fuck her and then he's cut it into little pieces. Mm-hmm. And she says, sounds nice and kinky to me. Too bad you're not double jointed. Because if you were, you'd be able to bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> and she shoots him in the throat with a crossbow. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, Red falls into a trap of bear traps a loads of bear traps um, mm. and then um, it's, it's just a whole extended revenge scene and it made me think of Showgirls and my one gripe with Showgirls yes I've only got one <laughs> 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 and it's that Nomi's revenge was so quick and easy she just mm. went in and kicked the shit out of the guy mm. I mean she had pink revenge nipples which was you know yeah. iconic but she just did and it was over with whereas this is like extended like she's beating the shit out of them and all that I feel like I could have gone longer though like I could have oh, seen yeah. more of this <laughs> and I'd like the other girls to have got involved yeah. as well it felt like it should have been that really because yeah. it feels a little bit limp by the end like yeah, the you're end. all like a girl gang yet none of you joined in with yeah. my revenge yeah. it would have it would have made real sense because it would have mirrored the rape scene yeah but mm. um Heather's trying to get away, but every exit she goes to, and there's only two exits in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a gang member behind every mm. behind every door. Yeah, they could have done that with the girls. Totally, the montage of them getting ready as well when there's like five of them. Five, oh, yeah. That imagine all the hair. <laughs> That's why it was arrows. <laughs> they had to cut the penetration spray. <laughs> Killing them with penetration. Oh. Oh. See. <laughs> I can't get over the big hair though and I just I, I did wonder I did wonder did she get can you get some sort of hairspray that's specifically for avenging rape and murder mm-hmm. only in 1984 and I've called it pantempro violence <laughs> i try that um, and also when I was watching it when Jake is being shot with the arrows and he falls down and you can see the dead bodies behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like to think I was balancing out the universe by um, checking out 
Fargo's dead crotch. Because he'll think <laughs> dead crotch. <laughs> he was a rapist, but now he's dead, and I'm objectifying him. <laughs> the sort of so strange. What the phrase dead, dead crotch? Dead <laughs> crotch. Think about how I'm, you know, like in a I'm kind of rotted off in a necrosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Me checking out his dead crotch means I'm really both. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. So the only thing I was slightly disappointed with was this was I would have liked to have seen the bear trap death yeah. happen in real time. Yeah. That's probably bullshit. the aft- the aftermath was good, yeah. but I think I would have liked to have seen. Totally. That's my that's my only issue with this mm. film. Really, yeah. it's, it actually took me a second to realize what had even happened. Yeah, mm. yeah, because I remember watching it and think, oh, I wanted yeah. to see it, yeah. and then yeah. it's nice you get to see the aftermath of it. But I just thought, oh. it must have been it must have been budget. Yeah, but then don't make such a big deal of it. Like mm. even at the beginning, there's all the bear trap special, and then you got all this. You're waiting for it. So like, you're like, ooh, this is gonna be the big set. Yeah, I mean, there were things cut from it. I'm not sure whether there was anything to do with the bear traps cut from it, but I know that the rape scene was with the version we've seen is cut because mm. they made they made them take stuff out before it was released. So apparently, there's was, there was more torture in the rape scene. I don't know how there was more torture the, and like drawing on and stuff. Like yeah, that, and there was more kicking in the head. But apparently, there was more blood and stuff, and they had to reshoot it because they were like never take all the that. head kick was pretty brutal. Like that was the worst. Part. Apparently, mm. that was worse. See, that was bad. Mm. Was it maybe like more kicks? Mm. Maybe because the end result is very nasty. Yeah. And you think from one kick, he must have kicked her really hard for that. That explains something for me, because in the flashbacks... It looks more rain, violent, doesn't it? It looks more violent, and, there's, and there's, a bloody, there's, a, there's a shot of her with a bloody face yeah. and head, yeah. which you don't see in the beginning. Mm. Yeah. When there's the final shot of the rape scene, there's yeah. no blood. That'd be right. Mm. So they must have used some of the mm. original footage in the flashback. Um... It was cut anyway oh, over here, wasn't it? Like for a long time. Yeah. Like they, I think it was like ten minutes or something. Yeah, they ch- they chopped most of the rape scene out, but they also had a big issue with crossbows back in the nineties because of stuff like Rambo. Like they had, they had trouble with knives yeah. and stuff like that, so they cut a lot of the shot of the crossbow stuff out. Like I think when Jake pulls the arrows out of his legs, like that was Ooh. gone. Yeah. For example, yeah, it was censored for a long time, and then. I think it only became uncut really when Arrow released it. Yeah. So for a long time we only got like a butchered form yeah. of this film anyway. But um that bit where you get the flashbacks there is the strangest bit of editing in my life. She's like running down the street getting these flashbacks of what's going on and then it just cold cut edits to like another scene and it's just the Oh, it's him, isn't it? And then it just cuts to quite a relaxed she's driving yeah. down the street. Yeah. Ever. I don't understand that. Well, you had like an audible what? <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. But I just say, um, you know, going back to Danny Steinman saying he rewrote the script. Do you know why he rewrote it? Because he thought the original was too cartoonish and infantile. <laughs> no way, really? It's too cartoonish, convoluted, and infantile. Oh my goodness! So he rewrote it to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to read the original. <laughs> It must um, be a spec script somewhere. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of a dragged out moment where she's fighting back with Jake and it's backwards and forwards. Uh, I have a small gripe with this that it annoys me a bit because she becomes a little bit damselly. Um, yeah, she screams she's and, like, like, oh, and becomes weak and runs away. Yeah, but he's like that. severely injured as well. I was yeah. like, bitch, just turn around and hit him. And I feel like they, I feel like it was a, it was a symptom of like the rest of the film basically where. where this director knew what the audience wanted to see, and at that point, 1983, 1984, sort of, you want it was popular to have 
the girl running away screaming and in pain and I think they we, were, well for me I thought I thought that they kind of needed oh we need a big set piece to finish this film off really whereas I think if she just killed them there yeah. but, you know I don't think it would be very satisfying so yeah. it's like we need we yeah. need to convolute some way of yeah how can we have a big big finish basically yeah. no I, to- I totally see that I think it's just the sound effects of it going ah, yeah it undoes all the stuff that maybe it's the same tape she's using in the warehouse oh yeah a sort of I'm having sex but not consenting kind of pleasure moment yeah. that she has yeah <laughs> yeah I'm having an alluring <laughs> rape moment like, oh no oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe that's maybe that's the other side of the tape that she's got in yeah. <laughs> maybe because she's she's got like a we didn't really explain it did we as as they're searching for around the warehouse like her voices her disembodied voices are going from all over but then he finds a tape he finds a tape player (laughs) she's like recorded some cackling beforehand (laughs) just to lure the killers away (laughs) in like the 15 minutes she's had to prep for this tape Um, there's a great line when he's um, when Jake is on top of her trying to kill her and he says I'm going to rip your heart out and eat it but it doesn't she covers him in paint that's flammable, sets fire to him, and he dies a horrible, burning, mm. agonising death. Which I'm guessing they put that bit in earlier on where she, she goes to um, light a cigarette and she can't light the cigarette. Which is probably know. which is the only instance of it not working mm. in the film. Yeah, so I was like, is that a setup that it might not yeah. work during that final Possibly. scene? But I was just like, she's just done all the revenge and she's really cool, and then you let it fail light in the city no you just lost the hero moments yeah, the light yeah. in the city would have been like yeah, yeah. little cherry I think top. in every other instance she's able to light the cigarette on command like instantly yeah. and it's just this one time where it fails and it seems very and it's off-putting. a poignant time <laughs> no ruined it ruined it <laughs> to be fair I think this director was more concerned with how her tits looked yeah um, I'm annoyed how she managed to get that paint thing open silently. <laughs> how on earth did yeah. she do that without okay. alerting without, him? Without a screwdriver? She's got strong nails. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's dead on the fl- he's dying on the floor at this and there's a great moment where um, they use stock footage of police car coming to the scene. At night. But the police car's at night and the scene is clearly like early morning. Yeah, it's like dawn. <laughs> Um, it's so bad. Oh, like God. right up to the point where the police car arrives though it's cutting from the policeman getting out of the car at night and looking at the dead body in, in the daylight yeah it's cut straight to like there's still some flames yeah <laughs> like on his body in the um, that's like the, the only police presence in the film isn't it you don't see any cops yeah. anywhere else no you don't I don't even think that cop was there. He was somewhere else. Well, no, it was Jake. I mean, it was the stuntman yeah. in the suit. Yeah, yeah that stuntman was... It was It was a pretty bad stunt, I think. You could, the face looked... It looked more like Michael Myers. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like a bad of, mask. It made me think of the last scene... Well, one of the last scenes in Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, where Freddy's on fire and he's like a big inflated yeah. stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like... The actual thing wasn't bad. Like, he's... Like, it was cool to see Ben, and he'd been for quite a while, but, like, it just didn't look anything fucking like the character. Yeah. <laughs> they just, like, looking at the they shot what? themselves, really, by filming it in the daytime, where you couldn't yeah. really get away with it. I think at night, you might have been able to get away with it. Yeah. But, nah, not in this I occasion. think it was meant to be at night, though, wasn't it? I think it just... It was meant to be. They carried on too late. And thought, fuck, we were late until tomorrow, we'd on a budget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just film day for night. No, 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 it's fine. So, um... That's that. So she's got revenge, and then the final shot of the film is all of the girls at 
Francine's grave in Inglewood Cemetery where they filmed well, uh, Friday, a, a um, foam approximation of a grave yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah where they filmed many of the funerals in the Nightmare on Elm Street series um, and they're all in demure grieving clothes mm. which looks quite a cute nice brown corduroy jacket yeah what's that all about yeah um and you you were laughing at the there's a Wikipedia entry about that, isn't there? Yeah, but I mean on Wikipedia last time I, I read it, they they explain this scene as in Brenda brack open bracket, who must surely be going to prison <laughs> in the middle of a trial. Is that what it says it there? Does, it yeah. says the movie ends with Brenda bracket, who is presumably facing prosecution for the murders of Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, the movie makes no reference to it, even though the policeman clearly clocks her, just yeah. kind of looking dazed yeah. in the shop. Yeah. It's a classic case of self-defence. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I get the impression maybe that's why she's wearing this new outfit, yeah. because she's due in court. That'll be it. Yeah. That'll be it. Must be. And all the girls have made an effort as well, so they, so they, they give a good impression. Yeah. They're going to be character yeah. witnesses for her. Don't, nobody ask where the dad is. No. <laughs> <laughs> keep the peach snaps away from the courtroom. Yeah, definitely. At the actual grave, though, this is great, where she turned around and says that, um, oh, but at least she knows that, you know, we all took revenge for it or, like, we got a way. And I was like, those bitches didn't do anything. Yeah. But one of them says that, though. One of them says, no, you did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's that, like, <laughs> the two scripts coming together. Yeah. Maybe the original script is all of them mm-hmm. and the new script yeah. is just her. Yeah. Well, that's why it felt limp. It was like you were supposed to have her back, and you kind of didn't. Yeah. And now you're just turning up at the funeral just yeah. to be like, "It's so not fair." Yeah. Unless that's her defence. It was all of us. It wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it. Savage Streets, our first Lisa Queen special. Um, what? So we we were all had a good time. I could definitely. say. We yeah. All, yeah. There was lots definitely. of laughter going on. It ticked all the boxes. It had all of the all of the sort of um, you know morally. Grey area moments. I really think it's black grey. It's just really, really bad, really. Um, But it's a lot of fun. It's one of those films. If you just, if you just sort of switch your brain off, there's a lot of trashy fun to be had. Yeah. Don't look at it through a millennial lens. Well, I'm a millennial, or, and I certainly don't think about it that way. I think you, yeah. just, you just have to suspend your seriousness for one. E- uh, yeah, and really, with films, I don't know why people don't do that anyway. Mm. Quite point. frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not Oscar bait, this, is it? No, <laughs> really? no. But it's raspberry bait. Which raspberry raspberry bait. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> so what did, what raspberries did it win? Like, was it Worst Actress, I imagine? Worst Actress. Worst Actress, actress. Her, yeah. 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 I think that's on yeah. Eyebrow Green was amazing. Yeah. Was oh, yeah. It was good. I mean... Uh, the eyebrow twitching at the grave was a little off, <laughs> you noticed it. Yeah. I, I, I just think if you if you believe someone in that role, if you believe what they're doing and you, you're with them and behind them, then they're doing something right, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know. It wasn't bad. No, she wasn't no. a bad actress. I loved no. camping it up when she's like, you know, when she's like, I've got another one in the car. Yeah. yeah. Like the arrows and stuff. Oh, yeah. oh my, I missed. Yeah. And I so did want to see you bleed to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, a hit with us. Um, so what do you think of Savage Streets? We'd love you to let us know. We are sort of casting our net wide with the sleazy gems that we're going to be looking at. We've got some ideas, which we're not going to spoil. Um, but we are always open to ideas as well. So if there's anything particularly grimy that you want us to cover for this podcast, then please do let us know. You can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. You can get Andrew, Andy. At uh, Rackety Espress. <laughs> <laughs> You can get Jonathan Butler. Uh, Cthulhu 502. You can get Stephen Moore. 
Uh, HD <laughs> Martin. I'll be in the MX Club in a row row skirt and an off the shoulder top. <laughs> Are you the lead singer? That was missing. <laughs> I want to know who the off the shoulder top is. <laughs> Trembling inside, we've got the right.